Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tim and Gillette Show. That is my name, Tim Gillette. The show is my show, but it is not about me. It is about some of the coolest, coolest people on the planet. They are real influencers, and we're going to have a real conversation with them. Today's guest, believe it or not, we have met before, but like it's been so long. It felt like it was a, you know, it felt like it was a millennial ago because it's been so long since we met and chatted that today is like catch up time. It's almost like getting to know her again for the first time. So Kathy is as someone that I met many, many years ago at a conference here in Dallas, I think with, uh, with, with my former, uh, former mastermind member. Sherry Prindle, all right, someone who I've done an awful lot of stuff with. Somebody I really need to get back on the new show is Sherry Prindle. But anyway, uh, but Kathy is we're gonna find out what she's up to, what she's doing, and and how she's doing things and have a little bit of fun today. You ready to meet her? Here she here we go. Hello, Kathy. I'm in the house. You're here. <laughs> so I and I and I believe, like, you know, I'm trying to think where, where you live. You live in the is it Vegas? Or I San live Francisco? in Las Vegas, Las Vegas, yep. yeah. Yeah, the 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 other spot speakers live Vegas yeah. or Dallas. Yes, yes, exactly. The two hot spots. It, it is. It is. So, um, I, I do. You, I do. You know, I, I think you're part of NSA out there. Do you know Scott McCain? Uh, yes, Scott and I we're really good friends. No, I do know Scott. Yes, <laughs> I think I think everybody knows Scott, but who knows him personally is the ones I want to find out. I've been to his house. So okay, okay. Uh, that, and I wasn't served the one serving the drinks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Scott was on the on the show uh, in 2020, and I had a blast with him. That was the first time him and I ever talked. Yeah, yeah. Right? We'd known each other who each other was, and but we'd never talked. And that yeah. was our first time to talk. And like we're, we're like old friends. And I'm like, I, I can't wait to hang out with this guy now. Yeah, yeah, he's so, a anyway, lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, people, I know a couple of the other people from Vegas. Um, you know, I've been to James Malinchek's place out there. All right. And uh, James, I think, has a place there and in Florida now. I don't know James. All right. James is big money speaker. He was on uh, ABC Secret Millionaire. All right. Very, 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 very well known for that. All right. Yeah. Uh, and and he's, he, he runs a platform. Really, uh, his events are all about getting, helping speakers make the most money from, from speaking. Mm. You know what I mean? It's really how to be profitable. And I tell everybody, I used to tell everybody, he had a, like the five-day seminars on it. And I used to tell people who wanted to learn to speak, you want to learn how to make money as a speaker, go spend five days at James seminar. Huh. Whether you can afford his coaching program or not, is one thing, but you will know how the speaking industry works when you leave. Yeah. That's the way he is. So that, that, that was one that I liked about him. I'm trying to think who else I know out there. I know, you know, Al Jensen. That's what I know Al Jensen. Yep. yep yeah. Right when now. I was, uh, I got this picture with you and me when mm -hmm. you had longer hair and I had shorter hair. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I text that picture to Al Jensen. Yeah. I was like, do you know this guy? And he's like, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I've known Al. Um, Al and I, actually, there was a networking group that him and I were both chapter leaders in. He was the mm -hmm. Vegas chapter. I was the Dallas chapter. Uh, and that that kind of went by the wayside, and that one didn't work out. But, you know, him and I both jumped in on board to try to be part of that. And, yeah. Uh, that's how I know him. He's, he's a great speaker. I've had other people who were in my program uh, that that um, that were in, that worked with Al, too. Um, Nancy, mm -hmm. I can't think, what was Nancy's last name? I can't think of it because she's not even in my she's not even in my database anymore. Hmm. Um, but Nancy, uh, she's a magician out there in Vegas, but was trying to do speaking and hmm. magic. And gosh, if I can't if I can't remember her last name, she was in my mastermind just like three years ago. Oh, wow, bad. A memory. lot has happened since then. I know <laughs> the world changed in three years. You know what can I say? But anyway. So, I mean, during, as a speaker, what have you been doing during the pandemic? <laughs> well, so fortunately for me, I'm a speaker, but also a contract trainer. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it, I've probably spoken more than most speakers. I raise the average of speaking up for the industry because I've spent the last two years looking into this webcam, yeah, yeah. teaching really important lessons and strategies and techniques uh, doing some contract training. So I've, I've, I, me and the webcam, we are one. Which, which company were you doing the training for? Uh, Pry Fred Pryor. Pryor Fred Pryor. Lee. Okay. Yeah. I know quite a few people from Fred Pryor yeah. and quite a few people who used to be in Fred for, for Fred Pryor. Yeah. So, I mean, well, you know, if you know Sherry, then you know Jonathan yeah. and Monica. 
Yes. All I right. know Jonathan. Uh, Monica does not ring a bell. I believe Jay, about, Jay, Jay, uh, yeah, um, about four and a half years. So Jonathan used to live in Vegas, but him and Monica yes. live together in Austin, Texas now. Uh, I and, know who Jonathan is, the yeah. bald guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because it was, well, I think it was 2012. I rode my, I used to ride motorcycle everywhere to speak. Mm -hmm. And I was in Vegas for a conference of somebody's, and I can't remember who's. And stayed down at the uh, the one the one on the strip the one with the big tower. Uh, the strat, uh, is the strat the stratosphere, yeah. 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 The and strat I, now. The yeah. strat, yeah. I had I had like this fifty thousand mm. dollar custom motorcycle, and I I basically had it parked there. And mm. Jonathan just came to pick me up at the hotel. We went and had a night out, and he came look at the bike, and he goes, "Damn." That bike's fancier than my Jeep, you know, and he had a really <laughs> fancy Jeep at the time too. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So it's a small um, world. It is. It's a, you're shocked at how many of, how many people, you know, that know somebody in this mm -hmm. industry. And as soon as you start networking and connecting with people, I know you're a member of NSA though, are you? Yep. I'm yep. not a member of NSA. All right. But I know a lot of NSA members, mm -hmm. right? Um, I never went through Toastmasters, but I know a lot of Toastmaster yep. people. You know, and it's just when you start connecting with one before, you know, mm -hmm. you're connected with 50. Yep, exactly. You know, and and I think what it is is because most of us don't feel each other as competitors in this industry. Right. We we kind of look at each other like, oh, well, Kathy, what did you learn on it? How did you get that mm -hmm. book? And, you know, and that's that's exactly what we do. Um, and I, I, I and, you know, you can probably tell me this if it's in Vegas, but here in the Dallas area, we've had speakers who go, well, I can't make that gig. Well, here's who I recommend. And we give somebody mm -hmm. else from a chapter, you know, a speaking chapter of somebody we know here in town to fill the gig. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, yeah, it happens that? locally. And even the national organization, oh, we have a Facebook group and mm -hmm. people are always posting in there because they'll get asked to speak on something that they're not an expert in. Yeah. Yeah. And if the, you know, the better speakers know you don't just speak for the sake of speaking, you, you speak yeah, on you, you want to get the best. Yeah. yeah. So they'll go out and look for, you know, some alternative options for the people that they've done other presentations for. So it is, yeah. it's a, it's a close community when you're, you know, you feel like you're part of a family. Yeah. yeah. I was at like a, a thing for my real estate investment company. I was at a, a dinner, gosh, two weeks ago on a Thursday night. And, um, this lady comes up, she goes, oh, well, I'm part of the contractors of Dallas Tech DFW, and we're always looking for good trainers and speakers. And uh, you know what I mean? Do you have something you can help contractors with? I'm like, well, I can tell contractors about blogging, but you know who I know that can tell somebody about using video? And I told her, this plumber in Dallas who's gotten big with YouTube. Hmm. And as soon as I said it, she goes, yeah, I know who that guy is. He's, he's actually going to be speaking. I'm like, great. He's better at it than me. You don't want me teaching video to a bunch of plumbers and contractors when a guy who is a plumber and a contractor right. can teach plumbers and contractors how to use video. They're going to listen to him, not to me. Right. right. And that's where you put the expertise in. And some people are like, well, you gave up speaking gig. I've given up jobs before. I've given up six-figure jobs because somebody else would be better at it than me. Yeah, that's you integrity. Know? Yeah. So, well, uh, what is it that, what has been, Kathy, what have been the main things that you've been teaching that you know, and, and like do you actually have um did you have you actually have your own yes. system or are you still doing the the um contracting yeah so i do both you know you don't put all your eggs in one basket right yeah yeah, yeah. so i uh, my uh lane my personal lane is apology free leadership mm -hmm. so what that basically means is that you as a leader lead in a way that people will follow you. And so you're not having to apologize to get people to, you know, participate in, you know, driving the business, right? Yeah. Um, you're, you're the type of leader that, you know, you're still going to apologize, let's be honest, the right thing to do is apologize when it makes sense. But you're not having to, you know, build relationships to get something done, because you've already got those relationships with the team. And, and that's a lot of what I do also in the contract training world, it seems to be the most popular classes that I get are the ones that are around leadership. I have, more than 30 years of leadership experience from the hospitality industry. So I it was it's an easy transition to talk about all those lessons that I learned over decades of leading teams in the hotel business. Cool, cool. So, uh, well, in the hotel business, all right. Um, when you say the hotel industry, all right, how long, uh, how much, 
are, are you still vested in the hotel industry? Because uh, that was probably a dying industry the past two years. No. So my only goal is if I travel again is to avoid bed bugs. Oh. <laughs> Other than that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm out of the hotel hospitality industry as far as, you know, my uh, career. I mm -hmm. left in uh, about 2007. Mm -hmm. okay. And then that just one thing led to another. And then I ended up, you know, sleeping in the hotel rooms and staying in hotels. And uh, I'll tell you what, it, I was spoiled <laughs> when I worked in the business. It's it's rough being a customer. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I've gotten now to like, you know, my wife and I, we kind of pick a chain and stick to it. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? For the longest time, she was doing lower budgets and she, she had like elite status with Best Western. Mm -hmm. So like we'd go on vacation and we'd stay at some of the fanciest best westerns yeah. in this country, um, but then I went now uh, with doing events and, and traveling to speak. I got more into um, uh, I got more into Marriott and now mm -hmm. I'm gold uh, elite with Marriott. Yeah, and uh, my wife has gotten up there with Hilton and I'm up there with Hilton too. But now the next one we're trying to do is Hyatt. So we're yeah. trying to do those three. So basically, anytime we go on vacation, we have a nice place to stay with points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, 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 we stayed downtown Fort Worth. Like, you know, that's 40 minutes from our house, mm -hmm. but we had to go something over there. We had to go for, uh, on a Sunday morning. So we're like, we haven't had much time away. So on a Saturday night, let's go get a hotel. I got one of the nicest downtown mm -hmm. Fort Worth hotels, period. I'm on the top floor, you know, overlooked the whole city of downtown Fort Worth. And it's yeah. like, you know, that's, when you get loyalty into one of those, it's it, it pays off because yeah. you get nicer places to stay. But yeah, and that's anyway. the key is pick a brand, hotel, uh, airline, and mm -hmm. car. Yeah, yeah. And then give them your business because the more business you give them, the easier it is to get help when you need it. Especially now, right? Yeah. With with the, what's going on in the travel industry. So I have a uh, nine hundred and thirty three thousand miles on American Airlines. I am before I die. <laughs> I'm going to have a million miles and be gold for life. Although it was much more interesting about 20 years ago going for the gold for life. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's, it does, it is nice to have those loyalty programs. And if you have an option, it, it's definitely, and I actually ran a loyalty program. Did you? Yeah. That, I ran the loyalty program for Wyndham hotels oh. before it was the biggest timeshare company in the world, not the current Wyndham, yeah, yeah. Um, it was when the Wyndham was located that we were located at the Infomart in Dallas, the corporate office. Yeah. The company got sold in 2005. Mm -hmm. I worked for them up until the company got sold. And I ran the program at the time it was called Wyndham by Request. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So I, I booked a Wyndham one time to do mm -hmm. a, a, an event. And then I ended up not using them. I ended up I yeah. ended up uh, canceling my contract with them to do because uh, it was a weird place to get to. But. Um, I, I thought they were part of Hyatt Corporation now, are they? No, nope. uh, no, they're not. Wyndham. So that Wyndham was bought by a company who sold the brand to Sendent. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Sendent took the brand name Wyndham. The company that bought the company originally saved, they kept all the properties that they liked. I think it was Blackstone actually who might've bought it. I, my brain is, that was a long time ago. Yeah. So they kept the any of the real estate they liked. They sold the brand to Sendent. Sendent is based in New Jersey. They mm -hmm. changed the name to Wyndham and they have, uh, Ramada's, uh, I want to say super eights days in, and then okay. Sendent was the largest timeshare company, one of the largest companies in the world. So now that's why Wyndham now is a huge timeshare. And I think it's the biggest timeshare company in the world. Cool. Hyatt cool. is, uh, was private. I actually worked for Hyatt right after Wyndham yeah. and they're privately owned by the Hyatt family. Yeah. Uh, with them, I helped roll out the, the Hyatt place brand. Yeah. Uh, before I left and uh, moved back to Vegas. So, yeah. So Hyatt, yeah, I think it was the second to the last conference I spoke at before, um, before the pandemic shut everything down was a Hyatt place in Pasadena. Hmm. I can't remember. I think, I think yeah. it was a Hyatt place, but yeah, it was a very nice Hyatt place that we stayed in. Cause it's almost like a suite you have at them. And I love that. It was probably the nicest hotel in Pasadena. I stayed in there one in Pasadena one time and it was, of corner like drive up hotel where I was afraid to sleep. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I have this way about looking at places. And if the event is held at a questionable hotel, I look for the closest, the closest Marriott next yeah. year. And yeah. I'll stay at the Marriott and walk. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Miss Pasadena, I remember, cause it was like the last few I did, I did not get a rent a car. Right. Mm. I did, um, I did Pasadena. Then I was Orange County. The, the last mm -hmm. trip I did was Orange County. 
And literally, I, I literally get off the plane and the, the, the TV set at LAX says, uh, California is now shut down. That's yeah. like, I just arrived from yeah. my speaking engagement the following night. Yeah. Or, or that night, I think. And I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, I hope I can get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was tra I was not traveling that week, but I remember I was in Hawaii in mm -hmm. February doing some presentations. And, you know, that's when you started to think maybe we were going to be shut down. And I said to the group, I go, wow, I go, I really hope I don't get stuck in Hawaii. No offense, but it's not like I can drive home. And they said, how do you think we feel? <laughs> we live here. And you know, Las Vegas is the ninth island. So I actually am kind of by default. I live in Hawaii. I'm just on the ninth island. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah just um, so you didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. But my, my last flight in was I left uh, Orange County, which is uh, called yeah. John Wayne, yeah. flew to Vegas and Vegas home. Yeah. And I was in Vegas uh, and I'm connected to, I don't know if you know, you know Mike Rowe, the, the guy who did Dirty Job. Mm -mm. Oh, I'm I know. connected I to him. Like I hear... He, we hear each other's news type deal, mm -hmm. uh, uh, private news, not public news, but private stuff going on. And I was, uh, my, I took the, my flight to, to, from Orange County to Vegas had 14 people on it. And I remember getting to Vegas and going, well, let me try to get that quick flight back to Dallas so I can get home. Yeah. And that flight was full. So I had to wait the three hours for my flight. And there was 20 people on the flight coming to Dallas. Wow. But, the same time I was leaving there, uh, Mike Rowe was at a conference for somebody and his flight got canceled. Mm. Caterpillar came in and you know, he's because it's in the private chat. We were in Caterpillar came in and got him a flight, flew him on their private jet home. Wow. Because he was stuck in Vegas when the pandemic hit and everything yeah. shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Um, yeah. And I, I've traveled one time since then. I've got on a plane in, in, in 2020. August of 2020, I flew to California and then drove back. Yeah, uh, have not been on a plane since, and uh, I I think I still have a ton of miles. I'm Southwest. I've got a Southwest mm -hmm. credit card. And everything I built up with Southwest, and it's the same thing. You know what I mean? I'm loyal to it, but now I'm not using it. I've right, right. Point, I think I still have credit with them, and I'm not using <laughs> it. So. Those things expire. So if you think you have credit, you better check it out. Cause I think they expire after a year. If it's if it's if it's credit, who if it I have credit. So if one of you wants me to buy you a flight with my credit, <laughs> yeah. let me know. Because it's going to expire. So he needs to use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know, when I think about that, because like, you know, you say American, I'm looking at I used to fly Delta and American because I had a sister-in-law who worked for Delta. Mm -hmm. And then American was Dallas based. Yeah. So I, I and I've flown first class on United mm -hmm. and Delta, never on American. I never was able to get American. Points. Well, American, the reason is because I lived in Chicago and I lived in uh, Dallas while I was traveling a lot. So that's where I got all those miles. Mm -hmm. But I did spend a lot of time before the pandemic on Southwest. And I did finally, right before I made the, uh, what's the level where you get to board the plane first, that level on Southwest, I got to that level. And then it was like, I just got all of my things straightened out for two years of flying. And then, yep, <laughs> I'm back to the back of the, the back of the row, right? The last person boarding the plane, the la in the back row by the bathroom, but it's okay. No, I, um, my wife had, had, what was it? it what is it? Companion status with Southwest. Yeah. Anywhere she went, I could go with her. Half the time she's going to, you know, install, uh, you know, a, a store, and like Newark, New Jersey, who mm -hmm. wants to go to New York, Newark, New Jersey, when they have nothing better to do? Yeah, I got nothing better to do. I get news. Here. I'd rather go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Is Robert one of your friends? He's funny. <laughs> yeah, Robert actually is one of our he's one of our faithful listeners here in the show. <laughs> All right. He's a great fan of our show. Uh, always commenting. If he doesn't watch it live, he watches the replay and leaves his comments. Nice. So, um, wow. I can sleep anywhere and did so, but I did finally eat a Chipotle's. All right. Um, <laughs> that's the other thing. When you travel, do you have do you have favorite food places you go to? Well, you know what? When I was a uh, road warrior right before um, I was no longer a road warrior, my I always if I, typically the hotels would have breakfast for free, right, mm -hmm. or included, or I would ask for breakfast until they gave it to me for free. So I would have breakfast and then I would bar, I would take a piece of fruit and a yogurt for lunch. And I carried a little blender and I would make a protein shake for lunch. 
And then I'd always have to drive to the next city. So I would go to Starbucks and get some bacon egg bites and a grande, uh, you know, cold brew, drive three hours. And that was my, you know, and I carried, I always carried extra protein powder and protein bars and healthy things because otherwise, if you don't, if you're not careful, right, when you're traveling like that, you can get yourself in trouble. And I would go grocery shopping. That's where I learned in California, I'd have to bring an extra bag because I didn't want to pay the 10 or 20 cents for the grocery bag. For the grocery bag. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And like, I always carried, um, carried uh, the bags with me for, uh, for, for my, they were my dirty clothes bags anyway. So I yes. used it to go get my clothes or go get my food and I put my clothes in when I was yep. done. Exactly. So, um, that's what I did in California. And I did, um, I rode motorcycle in the beginning. So 2009 to about 2013, I was riding motorcycle everywhere for all my wow. speaking gigs. And 2013, I came back from like a 14 state uh, speaking tour mm -hmm. and, on a motorcycle. And the whole time I would, I would run myself ragged because I would ride all day to speak at mm -hmm. night, sleep, get up, ride all day to speak at night. Yep. And I did that for, for three weeks straight. And when I got home, I was so exhausted. I slept for two days. Yeah. And I went, I was like, man, I'm exhausted. Why is this this way? Why am I not catching up? And that's where I learned food and travel is I was eating junk food and yeah. it was not giving me enough energy. And that's where we switched. It was 2014. My wife and I switched to mostly organic foods, mm -hmm. uh, whole foods. All right. That would give us. So we had the nutrition's into it. Yeah. And this past year, I got a juicer. Now I do a juice thing mm. once a day. So. Yeah. You got to take care. When you're the product, you got to take care of yourself. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. like the goat. Yeah. Right. Tom Brady, everybody yeah. discs him, but you know, he takes really good care of himself because he is the product. Right. I yeah, guess he's retired exactly, now. We'll see exactly, if he comes back. So. But yeah, when you're working for yourself, uh, you're, you've got to take care of yourself on the road. No excuses because if you don't take good care of yourself, you're, you're at, you're, if you're, if you're out of work, your business is out of business. So <laughs> exactly. You know, it is because, I mean, I remember being sick and going uh, and having to be at an event mm -hmm. and going, well, I have to be at the event. And I remember going to it sick before pandemic, of course. Right now, nobody um, goes anywhere sick. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, it, actually, it was my buddy, Craig Duswell. I don't know if you know Craig. It was my buddy, Craig Duswell's event. And I was like, I had a vendor booth there. I had a speaking slot. I was like, I had to go. Yeah. I've never, when I've had a, had a spot canceled, no matter mm. what. Uh, and literally during the whole event, because I had a vendor table and had a black cloth across the front of it, in between sessions, I was laying down underneath my table. Oh, my God. Right. And then I was taking like vitamin C's and stuff. So I would get up yeah. and you had no idea I was sick. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't get close and shake hands with a lot of people because I was sick, but I still did it. I was like, man, I got to. So, yeah. There's Chip. Chip was a road warrior too. Hey, Chip Edwards, another guy, great guy. All right, he's been through our uh, been through our programs. Actually, spoken at some of my events, so it's been cool to see him to pop it in here as well. So, yeah. but anyway, um, well, Kathy, you know, one of the things I wanted to know about you, yeah, is when when you went to the you know you went from the idea of trying to do both the the uh, contract speaking as well as your own. Mm -hmm. Did you learn that you had to? I've got to develop my own or is it something yeah. you did simultaneously together? So, uh, so the first step was, so I joined NSA Las Vegas. I want to say it was like 2016. Mm -hmm. I had been after the hospitality industry, I'd got into wellness. I was a personal trainer, group fitness instructor. I really need to get it back to the gym now. It's embarrassing, but you know, when you go on the road, it ruins all that. And then I was in Toastmasters. And so through Toastmasters, I was meeting some people that were on the fringe of speaking for money, right? Getting paid to speak. So I joined NSA Las Vegas to become, a, to go, go in the academy. And then I just got, became active. I got involved with the board. I joined the national organization and I had a mentor, uh, Judy Morio. I don't know if you know her. And she said, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I like to actually get paid to speak. And she's like, well, the best way to do it is go be a contract trainer. And if you look into some of the most successful trainer or speakers today, many of them took a journey through contract training. Mm -hmm. And people give me a hard time about this sometimes. They're like, well, you know, you're still doing that. Well, during the pandemic, it was the greatest thing to do because nobody's getting gigs on a stage right now. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I am speaking every day if I want to, as long as I open up my calendar. It was one of the greatest places to learn to to be in front of an audience at first in these live 
you know, presentations and, and just get to be a better speaker. And I, I am able, I'm lucky because I'm speaking and teaching content that is in my lane. So you follow a workbook, but you're bringing in your own stories. You're bringing your own your life experiences. You get to practice your own content as your contract trainer. And so I, then I started working on my own business also. Uh, because the one thing about contract training is it gets you a lot of experience, but it's not, uh, you're not getting paid your full value, but you're not doing no. marketing. You're not making sales calls. You're not booking your own gigs. You just get your calendar filled out. You don't have to make your own airline reservations. So it just shows up on your calendar. We're, being a speaker, as you know, it the work, the business is not the speaking. Mm -hmm. The business is getting the speaking gifts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I am, you know, the business is coming, you know, people are hiring speakers again. They're bringing people in for in-person events and I'm working on getting more events on, you know, and I balance both of those together. So yeah, it's a lot. Uh, of work, and, and, and it's one of the things I say about, you know, James Malinchak, James, I think it was James who told me, and I forget what organization James was, was they, cause he's, he's so good at getting booked, right? They brought him in like, yeah, we'd like to have you as part of our organization. And then they said to him, he had to had to had to have one of their coaches. So he goes, okay, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll I'll do whatever, right? And he gets to one of the coaches, and the coach is like, well, I'm going to help you get booked as a speaker. James turns to the coach and said, first, let me before you do that, let me ask you, how many times did you book yourself as a speaker last year? And the coach is like, well, I don't book myself, I'm a coach. And he goes, I booked myself 250 times last year. What are you going to teach me? Yeah. And they were like, uh, 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 in the world out there of contract training, you said stay in your lane. How many people are out there trying to pull this? Mm. I'm a coach. Right. Okay. I get it. You want to coach the Kansas City Chiefs to a Super Bowl. All right. When's the last time you picked up a football? <laughs> they haven't. Yeah. Yeah. So true. That, so that, true. That's the speaking world. And you've probably seen it too. There's a million of them out there. Well, I'm a coach for speakers. Mm -hmm. Great. What do you do? Yeah. Well, I coach. Yeah. Well, they, they, you know, you, they always say like everybody should have a coach, right? Yeah. But you want a coach and a mentor who have been somewhere that you want to be. And it yeah. is, it is a, that's probably just like any business. There's a lot of people out there that will tell you they can help you. But what you want to do is look at their credentials. Have they done what you want to do? So just like like that story, sure, somebody can come and offer you to get you speaking business, speaking gigs, but they've never actually booked a speaking gig. They're probably not the right person to go find you gigs. Yeah. And really, the best person to book you is you. Really, it is. All right. Um, I do have to tell you, one of the most unique people I met in my travels was a girl. All right. Tiffany was her name. And Southwest, I don't, know if, I don't know if you've flown Southwest, they have the two seats by the, 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 the on the one side of the plane, there's two seats, mm -hmm. all right, by the emergency mm -hmm. exit row. That's my favorite, the aisle seat of that. That's my favorite seat on the plane. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there and this girl comes in and she, you know, slow walking, but comes up and says, can I sit there? I'm like, sure. So we're talking. I said, so what do you do? She says, I'm a speaker. And I'm like, so am I. <laughs> well, who do you speak about? Well, I talk to kids in high schools about, about, you know, uh, about, you know, how not to, why not, you should not do drugs. I'm like, oh, interesting. So I started listening to her story. Um, and again, she walked into the plane, sat down, never thought about that this would be this woman's story. She lost both of her legs. <gasps> wow. Drug addiction. Mm. And she actually goes to high schools and speaks wearing pants so you can't tell. Mm -hmm. and has always has a chair next to her yep. and says about halfway through, you know, I'm, I, I, guys, I'm kind of worn out. Can I sit down for a minute? And she sits down and takes her legs off. Wow. Her, she said, I mean, she was only getting booked at the time. Like, like it was like $1,500 a speech or something like that. Very <clears throat> inexpensive, right? Yeah. But she said, I'm doing it because of the impact. She says, you yeah. don't know how many kids come up to me and said, I ain't doing drugs no more. Yeah. Because that's an impact when you stop and yep. show this is what happens. This yep. is what could happen to you for doing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 amazing. you know, when you meet people on the way, that's an impactful speaker mm -hmm. who's been there, done that, right, and still teaching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's and she's yeah. still a battle. She says it's still a battle. She told me, I yeah. want to go back and do drugs all the time. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Being an addict, right? You're always an addict, is what they yeah. say. It's a yeah. battle. 
It is yeah. forever a battle for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that was someone, uh, and I always love the term for me, it was, you know, Zig always said, find somebody who's been there, done that, still doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's a mentor you want. Yeah, so exactly. Not just a mentor who's, okay, well, I don't do that anymore, but I mentor people. Right. You know, uh, and, you know, you, I'm sure you've seen a ton of them too in your path. Yeah. And that, and it go, that goes for everything though. I mean, in every industry, um, any business, any, you know, it, whatever you're doing for a living, uh, if you're going to get a coach or a mentor, you want somebody that look at their resume, look what they've been, check them out on LinkedIn, right? Look yeah. and see if they're offering mentoring and coaching, go look at where they've worked, right? What they've done and have they been where you want to go? Cause only somebody who's been, who is, been to where you want to go can help you get there faster. Yeah. Right. That's it. You know, um, you know, and, 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 you know, it's that way in sports. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, if, uh, uh, you know, think about it, you know, who was Tom Brady's coach, you know, who's his quarterback coach. I'm pretty sure, you know, he had a quarterback coach, but that problem, that problem person's probably never done what he's done as a quarterback. Right. Yeah. But there's other aspects that made him do that where he coached himself to mm-hmm. that success. Now, Tom Brady could lead a school on how to be a quarterback yep. successfully. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And he could probably sell that sell the tickets to that all day long for 30, 40, 50 grand. It will be interesting to see what he does with his notoriety and his name. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could see him doing something more like in the wellness area because he's yeah, yeah. very strict on what he Me eats too. and how he takes care of his body. It should be interesting unless, I mean, rumors have it he might go back to playing football. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let me ask you this. As a speaker, who's someone that you want to hear speak? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, it's interesting. So in, at NSA Las Vegas, one of our requirements here is that when we bring in guest speakers, because we have monthly chapter meetings, right? We bring in speakers mm-hmm. that are that come and speak to our chapter about the business. And one of our rules are, and it's I'm the president-elect, so I'm incoming president. Jeffrey McGee is our current president. But our agreement is on the board is anyone who speaks to our chapter had to still be working during the pandemic. So they're a speaker who was still bringing in, so they made, they adapted. Now my dream speaker to come in is Phil Jones. And I can't tell you the name. It's I, one of his books is what to say. Oh gosh. Oh really? Exactly what to say, I think is one of his books, but let me tell you, cause I, I, my brain does not work very well, but I listened to, one of his uh, books when I was learning back of the room sales and he's all about these connections and how you, Oh, so one of his books is exactly what to say. Okay. And the other one, and he's got this nice accent. (laughs) It's the accent. You want the gentleman with the accent. But here's what, so, Oh, and how to persuade and get paid is the one that I, the one that at first one I listened to. So I have listened to him. Before I saw him speak at the 2020 national conference for NSA that was on virtual. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh my gosh, Phil Jones? I'm I'm a weird groupie. So I one of our speakers was at an event. Uh, they have a winter conference and he was there speaking. And I'm like, can you please bring home Phil Jones? So my goal, she said he, she spoke to him and uh, he's open to coming to Vegas to speak to our chapter. So He's the one I have my eye set on, Phil Jones. I'm, I'm open to come to Vegas to speak to your chapter. <laughs> okay, there you go. So I'll so, I'll put you and, as number and, two. And I, I created a whole speaking. I, I spoke, uh, yeah, through the pandemic. You know, when people say I can't get a speaking gig, yeah. um, from May of 2020 to December of 2020, I spoke at over 50 events online. Wow. I, wow. Wait, I never did that live. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And I started hosting my own monthly event because of that. And, and it's be- virtually and as part of my routine going, you know, and now I bring in five speakers, well, four speakers. Now I've loaded it down to yeah. four speakers a month and I'm always looking, but that's it. You know what I mean? You find the opportunities just because mm-hmm. the door closes doesn't mean, you know, what, what's the old fashioned thing. So God closed the door, open a window, you know, you know, Well, and that's, I think what happened to people and it, I even saw it happen in the contract training business is when, and I, I did call a couple of people on that Sunday night and I'm like, Hey, where are you? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm like, I have a prediction. You're going to get sent home this week. Cause I was talking to a few people and I knew from what was going on that we'd probably get shut down. 
but there was people that I know in the speaking business that said, I'm going to wait three weeks and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And three weeks became three months. And what happens in just like any business that requires advanced work, you're working towards the future is once you stop working on business, your calendar. Now it's not three weeks or three months. It's six months, nine months, a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of people and that's why our requirement is you had to keep speaking because there's a lot of people that ended up retiring or leaving the business going and getting a day job and we're bringing speakers in to help us with our speaking business. It's hard to bring somebody in who didn't find adapt. They yeah, didn't yeah. stay with it. They didn't look at their business and go, okay, I can't do this anymore. What can I do? So, you know, there's a lot of people like you who embraced the virtual environment and they were comfortable with taking the risk and figuring it out and painting a wall and buying some cameras and lights and they figured it out. And that's the difference, but that's a difference in business too. The leaders who adapted, who didn't wait, they weren't pondering and they weren't indecisive and wishy-washy. Those are the businesses that have thrived. And when you look at example is, uh, are you familiar with Fry's Electronics? Yeah, yeah. So Fry's, I remember, so my birthday's in February, so I remember this happening one week after my birthday last year, Fry's, February 24th, Fry's closed all their doors. It was an announcement in the news overnight, no warning. And I read the article and it's interesting because six months before, Best Buy had their best quarter in the third quarter financially in 25 years. Six months later, Fry's closes their doors. And you have to ask, were they stuck in that boardroom, not moving online, whereas Best Buy totally ramped up, you know, and I did go to a Fry's about four or five months before that. And I was like, the shelves are bare. You can't buy anything online with them. You had to go to the store. And my theory is they didn't adapt. Yeah, they, yeah. they were waiting for the pandemic to be over. Yeah. Right. That was, and, remember the early 2000s, that was the Toys R Us model. Mm -hmm. We're not going to build stores online. We're going to build, you know what I mean? And and Amazon came in and yeah. took over their business. Yeah. You know, yeah. So you got to adapt or, or die. Yeah. You know? So, and, and well, you know, one of my, one of my coaches has always said, he's had the same where he said, change or die. And mm -hmm. his story that he always shared with it was the average person who gets a heart bypass dies within so many months. Mm. And when he said that, all right, the first time I heard him say it was like a year and a half after my father had died. Wow. Less. Well, no, it was, yeah, it was a year and a half after my father's heart bypass. He died because mm -hmm. he didn't change his habits. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, 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 well, I got this surgery. I'm good. I'm, you know, and they, mm -hmm. they, they don't make it because they don't change. Their habits. It's change or die. Yeah. And that's literally what happens in, you know, in that case. So, yeah. And right. when you watch, even after two years, mm -hmm. people are still trying to go back to the way back machine. And there is no going back. Yeah. You know, the only way forward is to learn to adapt. And I even feel like this whole, the word resiliency has been thrown around a lot. But when you think about what resiliency is, resiliency is getting back up, dusting yourself off, right? It's it's bouncing back. Yeah, but yeah. adapting is bouncing forward, Yeah. right? And that's really experts, as experts predict that just because of the pandemic, we are going to have the most rapid change and innovation and, and growth in the next five to 10 years. And so if you haven't already started changing, adapting, you're going to find yourself the gap bigger and bigger yeah, moving yeah. forward. So that's like kind of my thing. It's like we, you know, you adapted, right? I adapted. Some businesses have, some haven't, some leaders have, some haven't, you know, but the adapting is going to be the key thing is it's, it's going to be not trying to go back to who you were, but redefining who you're going to be in the future. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing I did during the pandemic was actually cement the process that is my show, this right here now. I and did you that cut your hair. Huh? You cut well, your hair. I cut my hair, but yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, but that was the first thing I was to get active yeah. immediately was, even though I couldn't get speaking engagements, I'm like, well, I can't do that. Yeah. But I know a ton of speakers sitting at home right now. I'm going to run, and I think the first, like May, or no, it was March through May, um, I tried to do, first of all, I tried to do it in 30 days and it didn't work. All right. Yeah. But I was going to do, I said, I'm going to do 100 interviews in 30 days. So I'm looking everywhere to book people as guests, right? And yeah. I came short. I think I, I came to 85 in 30 days. Still, that's more than I've done ever since. And I'm like, I'll never do that again, right? Because I was interviewing yeah. people all the time. But I adapted and that helped me refine the process that is my show today. 
Mm-hmm. Now I'd had a show. I've done a, like a podcast slash TV type show since 2012. Wow. Yeah. All right. And I finally have a process down now that works because yeah. of the pandemic. And now I'm connected to more speakers, more teachers, more trainers mm-hmm. from around the world. I had my my event in in February. Two of my speakers were from Australia. Wow. I couldn't do that before. Now I yeah. can I can I I don't have to pay their expenses to fly here. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And they have to be willing to get up in the middle of the night to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, I'm willing to do it for them, though. And I have one guy that who who's done it, spoken on my stage twice. That basically he's going to have me teach out there, and I've got to get up at two thirty in the morning to do it. And I'm like, wow. I'll do it. Yeah, one of the one of my friends here, he does a lot of middle of the night because he has a lot of customers in India. We mm-hmm. have Chip wants to know what we think will be different in the next five next five years. <laughs> All right, let me get this one up. Next five years. Um, so here's what I'm I'm saying a lot is like the virtual the virtual hybrid thing is it's is not going to be going for a while yeah it's, it's not, not going to be away. a deal i don't like i don't like the hybrid type events i won't do one i mm-hmm. will speak at one i've spoken at, at a rotary club in portland oregon where it was half and half yeah all right but i did it from here um i think you're going to see more and more of your veteran speakers like bob berg who's been on the podcast like five times Bob Berg told me the last time he was on my show that he will not travel to speak anymore. He's done. Hmm. He said, I will only do it from my house. If you don't want me, you know, be a zoom. I'm not available. And I can tell you for contract training, I will do it. I will do contract training for my pink room, but I will not get on an airplane to do the contract training. I will get on an airplane for full fee booking me directly, but not for the contract training. I think the other thing too is watching technology. Because the technology is what rapidly, everybody had to get on board with technology really quickly. And so, and the other, like kind of the scary things to me is like the meta, you know, the metaverse, like these are, it's the next level of, you know, social media. Cause now people are buying space and real estate in this meta universe or metaverse. So I I think we have to kind of watch the, how technology evolves are people resisting it? Are they going with it? How does it change? You know, money—the way we look at money and Bitcoin and all that—and I'm this is not an area of my expertise. I, I, I'm still cool with that. It's on my radar that we have to understand how uh, money changes. You know, when you're talking about not traditional money, where the platforms that we can be involved in and be open. And look, I just turned sixty. I know you're going to be shocked by this. <laughs> Pretty damn <laughs> hot there for a sixty-year-old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm a baby boomer but I'm a very high tech baby boomer. And I believe that we have to be, you know, open to what technology, what happens with technology. Now I'm speaking at an event in March and they, they decided not to do in a virtual option because there is a lot of resources and money that goes into uh, having a virtual option for an in-person event, but people are still going to provide hybrid and uh, you know, we just got to be open to and not resist the changes in technology. And, you know, I think we'll see a lot of organizations that never go back to in-person employees Yeah, you're right. And, or employees saying, I refuse to work in the office. I refuse to go back. Yeah. I, yeah. We're, we're seeing a lot of that now. So. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the predictions, I mean, what we predict will happen. I mean, I'm definitely not one of those, um, those predictors, but experts are all saying we've got to be open. And the, I think the key is you can't resist what's going to happen in the next five to 10 years. You have to be open to, to adapting to it and finding a way to make it work. And the, the people that have survived even this industry, the speaking industry, it's because they've adapted. Right. So uh, I'm curious, do you have any places that you won't travel to speak? Uh, No, I'm, I'm, no, I would probably go, you know, if it's the right audience and it's, you know, I it's, I'm being reimbursed for my time and my knowledge. I'd probably get and go on an airplane anywhere. And the cool thing is, because I was really sick before the pandemic, and no, I don't think I had COVID, but I had a doctor tell me to wear a mask on the airplane before mm-hmm. masks on airplanes were cool. Were cool, yeah. Yeah, and now I'm like, I can wear a mask anywhere I want to go. And he told me you need to wear a mask. I think I would go anywhere pretty much. I mean, I've been oh. all over every corner of the West Coast you know, with, in the contract training world, and I've traveled internationally, so... Yeah, I'm not, uh, for me, I have one place I will not go. And uh, it's not about, it's not about getting and wearing a mask or whatever. 
Yeah. I just refuse to put up with going to that part of the country for the for, and that is New York City. Oh. I will not speak in New York City. As a matter of fact, I was recently someone recently approached me and I gave him the cost. I said, if huh. you want me to come there, it's a hundred thousand dollars. Well, I lived in New Jersey for six years. Yeah. So I love Manhattan. So I think I would I would go to New York. Uh yeah, just with all the stuff going on in our world today. Yeah, you know, um, no. Not, if you're willing to pay me for it, I'll do it. But all right, so call me. <laughs> Don't call Tim. Don't call. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you all the, all the all the New York people. I'll just send. Them I'll to go New to New York. I lived yeah. in Jersey for six years. I love seeing that city. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute. Where in Jersey did you live? Uh, so I worked in Secaucus, New Jersey. And I lived in Wood Ridge, No B. I lived in Leonia for one year in Wood Ridge, No B for five. Exit 16W on the Turnpike, and I worked in Secaucus. Okay. Uh, I was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and had a house in Stroudsburg. All right, there you go. My my family and my mom's side is the founders of the Poconos. Wow. Yeah. I just and I live in 20s. Texas now. I got yeah. out of there. <laughs> that was my twenties, and I had a lot of Wildwood days and Wildwood nights back then. <laughs> yeah, Wildwood. Okay, yeah, that was me when I lived down Philly. Went to high school, Wildwood. Yeah, Wildwood yep. and nights, and we could wait a minute. And we used to do. No, like after work trips just to go to, to uh, down to uh, Atlantic City and back. Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't do that. But I can tell you uh, that's when I learned what pleather was, because one of the places we used to stay, we were all in our 20s. It had a pleather sofa that you took the pleather cover off of it and it was a bed. You know, yeah. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could tell stories there, but we won't. Oh, well, I love uh, this. Rob, can I add one more thing? Robert says. If you don't ask, you won't get it. I would increase your price. Yeah, and that okay, is two hundred thousand yeah. dollars to go to law. But York. that's one of the great lessons of life. It's always a no if you don't ask, yeah. right? So the key is you have to ask. If you don't ask, it's it's a hard no. So yeah. say yes to yourself and then ask. And the worst thing. So you'll have for to the record, them. I'm willing to go to New York. The price is just a <laughs> lot higher. There you go. So yeah. So there you go. I, and I asked you the question. All right, what speakers you want to hear? All right. In 2018, one of the people, I, I actually tried to go for both because both ex-presidents were speaking at this conference at the time. Yeah. And that was Clinton and mm. uh, Clinton and, and Bush. I was there to see Bush, but I've not seen Clinton. Yeah. I've seen Hillary speak, but not Bill. Yeah. All right. And I still, my, my one I want to hear as an ex-president is Barack Obama. Oh, I would love to see him speak. And I did just by just because I lived in D.C. at the time because the hospitality industry. Yeah. I went to Clinton's inauguration on the mall. Yeah, yeah. With like millions of people, and it was raining, and it was a, it was a mess. But it was kind of cool to be able to go to that. Yeah, and yeah. then I was at the uh, the. Did he run against Gore? Is this? No, no, he. No, no, uh, he uh, ran Bush. Against, no. Yeah, yeah, Bush ran against Gore. At, who yeah. was Bush's? So who did Clinton run against? The vice president was. The, George W. Bush Sr. And then who was the, the vice the president? The second one he ran against Bob Dole. Okay. Because I went to a the party for the losers <laughs> when Clinton won because somebody had tickets. It was really an interesting time living in D.C. being able to do those things. Yeah. And wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to see Barack Obama speak, and I am not a Democrat. Just for yeah. the record. I'm, I'm neither a Democrat or you said no politics on the show. I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican. But yeah, I would it's, love it's it, it has nothing to do with the politics of it. Yeah. It has to do with 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 ex presidents. Yeah. These are men who are trained to speak. Yes. From what's given to them as a speech, but many of them, and I do mean many of them, are right are very skilled speakers when they're not having to fit into a a box so and that's is, why i wanted to see them speak it's interesting i saw so i teach a little bit about um confirmation bias yeah. in one of my classes and i found a, a video that talks about the oh my gosh when jfk and nixon spoke to one spoke against one and spoke did a debate it was not not everybody saw it on TV. So people would listen to it on the radio or on TV. The people who saw it on TV preferred Kennedy. The people who are on the radio preferred Nixon. I know. So, yeah. so it they're is speaking skills to it. And that's why every one yeah. of them, their speaking skills is a different kind of skill. That's why yeah. I want to hear them speak. Yeah. It has nothing to do with their politics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, you're right. And I think yeah. I would love to see Obama and I'd love to see, 
I think I'd love to see Clinton speak also because he is a. He was yeah. He was a very very uh, personable person. Yeah. So um, and you know I mean I heard Trump speak long before he ran. All right. Uh, I heard I've heard Hillary speak long before yeah. she ever ran when she was first lady. I heard her speak. Yeah. Um, but like um, so, I mean, I, I've, I've heard the ones who have run. Um, Bob Dole was I mean, I heard Bob Dole, too. Bob Dole was an awesome speaker. You know, you, you know, even though he, and, and I liked him as well. But those are the people because, again, their jobs, it's like your job is a contract. speaker. why I ask you that your job is a contract speaker. So do you look at speakers and go, yeah, I want to see this person because contract speaking. And you sharing your message are two different mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where yeah. your presidents, your politicians, speaking as a politician and speaking are two different like sports, let alone ball mm-hmm. fields. Yeah. yeah. So. Do you have time for one more little story? Sure. So I was at, this is when I worked for Wyndham Hotels and we had a new chairman and uh, it was one of our biggest conferences. We were in Orlando and I was there with my team and I was in Andover, Massachusetts at the time as a general manager. And so we're all there and they have this breakout session for the general managers and they have the speech coach to our chairman and our president presenting to the general managers about mm-hmm. speaking. And so he tells us, watch, and the chairman's name was Fred Kleisner. They, he says, watch Fred Kleisner at the next general session. Mm-hmm. Just watch. He doesn't tell us what's going to happen. So I'm sitting there and this, it's like 2000 people, right? I'm sitting there with my catering director and another person on my team side by side. And all of a sudden he's up there and he's got jumbotrons because you can't really see him because there's so many people. And all of a sudden he's talking about how he used to stutter and a tear comes out of his eye and drips down his cheek. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm like, that is not real. I mean, it was a real story. But the speech coach helped him. And it was so important that he, because the, I'll tell you what, even people that were in that session still bought it hook, line, and sent, and sent hook, line, and what's the word? Anchor. Anchor. Even though they knew that he was going to do something to connect, but it did. He immediately got the hearts of 2,000 people Mm -hmm. telling a story about how, a true story about how he stuttered. And it brought out enough emotion that he had a tear go down his cheek. And my boss at the time was is was a stutterer. And so at the cocktail reception later, I'm like, Robert, oh my gosh, can you believe that they did that? Like they figured out how to make that happen. He goes, wasn't that amazing? And I'm like, but they manufactured that connection. And this is before I was a speaker. He's like, no, no, that was so, you know, it was authentic. And I'm like, no, the speech coach, I think, weren't you there? And he, he denied it. Then I asked the next big boss at, later on, like one in the morning, I'm like, Dave, please tell me that the speech coach made that he goes, Oh yes, that, that was totally planned. Like, but you know what? That's one of the things we learn, right? We have real stories like the woman that you met on the airplane, Mm -hmm. right? What helps people is our stories and our lessons. right? Right. And, and if we can use it to help people, right, we have a, we have an obligation to help them. Even Fred Kleisner had the obligation to connect with us that day with that tear coming down his, his cheek. But but you're right. It's a, you know, the politicians got that kind of coaching, right? Yeah. yeah. We love them all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really. Tell me about it. So, well, uh, you know, Kathy, I want to make sure people can get a hold of you. Uh, take this to the next level. Uh, yeah. Best best website we can give them. So it's right there on the little. Yep. There it is. Kathy with an I. K-A-T-H-I speaks dot com. So it's Kathy with an I. K-A-T-H-I speaks.com. Cool. Cool. So before you go, you know, yeah. you've got to play. My oh, yeah, game. yeah. The game. I have five envelopes. You get to I'm... pick three of them. Numbers one through five. Pick your three. I'm going to take one, three, and five. Does everybody one, do that? That's so predictable. Three and five. I did it backwards, but I'm facing the wrong way. That's all right. Number one, envelope number one. Now these made to pose a discussion they may not all right question number one is at your house does the toilet paper go over on the roll or under oh well this is easy i live with a dog and it's me it's over (laughs) i mean (laughs) she doesn't use it she's female too it's over My, Uh, my, my, my house downstairs the bathroom that my wife uses over the bathroom upstairs, sitting on a roll in the back of the toilet. Oh yeah, and if I'm at somebody's house, I might change their roll of toilet paper to over. I I mean, 
it's probably going to happen. I love it. I love it. Question number two in envelope number one is beer or wine? Hmm. Wow. You know, it. do I have to pick one? Can I say it depends? Depends on what? Well, if it's a, uh, so beer can be really good if you're eating the right foods. Uh, and one of my friends recently turned me on to IPAs. So with the right food, the right flavor, I can handle a beer. I'm somewhat of a chameleon, uh, but I also uh, can enjoy a glass of wine. Like I live in Vegas. So a hot summer day and a nice ice cold glass of wine, white wine can actually be really good too. So it just depends on the situation. Oh. So I don't have beer or wine in my office. The wine is in the rack in the other room over there. Mm -hmm. But right there, I'm just on the other side of the cameras, on this camera, which I don't have hooked up, is my moonshine bar. Oh. American whiskey moonshine bar. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like, have a couple of you know bourbons and stuff on it too. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Option three would be vodka for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. You know. <laughs> yeah. Question number three in envelope number one, Superman or Batman? Ooh, I'm going to say Batman. Why? Why'd you pick Batman? I'm curious. Uh, I don't, you know, I think because my age, mm -hmm. I used You're to- You're still thinking Michael Keaton is Batman. Well, yeah. No, no, or no, no, Adam no, no, West. No, 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 Batman. They used to, I mean, it was like those corny old shows, the Batman shows when you're a kid and there's Adam Batman West. Robin. Yeah, that was and, Adam West is Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's like, you know, when I was- The Batman like, character though, in the movies nowadays, it's like a really sinister, like dark yeah. person. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, old school Batman. Yeah. See, I like Superman because Dean, I was on Dean Cain's podcast. Oh, oh wow. That's yeah. cool. Dean Cain interviewed me. Huh. That's oh, my an goodness. adventure. Yeah. Envelope number three. All right. Question number one. When you are driving in your car nowadays, do you listen to a podcast or music? Mm, I listen to audiobooks. Okay. Because okay. I don't get to listen to them as much because I'm not traveling as much. And I don't like sitting listening to audiobooks sitting at home. Mm -hmm. Right now, the audiobook that I'm listening to is called The 5 AM Club. And it's about getting up at 5 a.m. I haven't started doing it yet. I haven't quite got far enough to try it, but it's my goal. Okay. I'm part of the Midnight Club. We go to bed <laughs> after midnight. Well, that's what's going to have to happen. And I'm going to have to stop. Going that's going to be my next book, The After yeah. Midnight Club. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to bed earlier to get up at 5 a.m. Uh, um, question number two, high heels or boots? Oh, boots. Boots. Now because, you realize I'm in Texas and what kind of boots I'm talking about, right? Well, yeah, no. And I actually have some cowboy boots because when I left Andover, Massachusetts, and I was moving to my corporate job running the loyalty program for Wyndham Hotels, they gave me a pair of cowboy boots. And they told me, if you're not going to wear these, let us know because they're expensive. And I was like, I still have those boots. And boots are going to are much more comfortable than high heels considering I'm wearing slippers and flip-flops or, or no, no shoes at all right now. So yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. Um, you know, my first speaking gig, I had my pajama bottoms on Yeah. and my suit coat and shirt and everything. Yep. Um, like I, I went, I did my first live event that I did in November of 2021. I actually walked out on stage mm. suit, jacket, shirt, pajama bottoms. I and I walked that. out with slippers and went, Oh, this isn't on Zoom? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, question number three at the movies, popcorn or candy? Uh, both? No. <laughs> candy. <laughs> I, no, no. I had someone on the show a couple weeks ago who told me they take their M&Ms and they go into the theater, they dump them into the popcorn and mix mm. them and then eat them. Yeah. Kettle corn, though, I would choose kettle corn over candy. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, let's move on to our last envelope. Envelope number five, question number one. Do you prefer to get a phone call or a text? Ooh. Uh, so text if it's simple, but phone call if you're going to be like blasting me out on text. Yeah. If it requires more than like three lines, just pick up the freaking phone and call me. But if it's simple, text. I like it when they text me and say, hey, you got a minute we can talk? As opposed to just calling me. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, question number two, which do you hate more, steak, snakes or spiders? Ooh. I would say spiders. Spiders. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Go. And question number three, are you a dress up girl or are you a yoga pants girl? Mm. 
Well, considering the COVID-19 for me is like the 19 pounds, I'm in yoga pants. <laughs> I didn't know that's what the 19 stood for. Yeah. And I did tell you before I was a speaker, I was in the wellness industry, which, you know, so I have a lot, a lot of gym clothes so, and they do expand. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't, there's a lot of people that I've, I haven't seen on stage in a while and I'm worried about whether I want to see them in mini skirts again. Uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, repeat your website one more time. So people on the uh, audio as well as the video can actually see uh, and get to know you more. Right. This is funny. Robert says he has a friend that calls the COVID 40. We yeah. need to get out of COVID. So it's not the COVID 60. Yeah. So, uh, so my web, say that again. So my website Yes. Kathy, K-A-T-H-I speaks.com. Kathy speaks.com. What was the second thing? Uh, I just was wondering, making sure you said it so people in the audio heard it. Oh, yeah. Hello, audio people. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, well, uh, Kathy, I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule. I know we went a little over schedule today, but we had a good conversation. I oh, kind of yeah, like this. Good. So yeah. uh, thank you for, for coming and sharing with my audience and, and just being you. I love it. So I appreciate no, it. Thanks for having me. I really, I had a lot of fun. Cool. Cool. Uh, to you guys, listeners, I know we've had Robert, we've had, uh, you know what I mean, some of our faithful ones, Robert, Ken, uh, you know, Chip was in there, uh, Raina was in there. There's a lot of people stopped by today. We appreciate you all. I appreciate every one of you who are a listener of our show. Please go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as where you get your podcast. Look for Tim Gillette Show. I'm Tim Gillette. I'll be back next week with another great guest. Have a great day, guys. Bye.